bedrock of true faith is believing in God. Not just any God, the God of the Bible, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We've been studying what it means to believe in God the Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who created heaven and earth and everything in them and sent his Son when we rebelled so that through him God might become our Father. And we may know that all things work together for our good. Now we look at what it means to believe in God the Son. And if you go to Lord's Day 11, we have a summary what it means to believe in Jesus. What does it mean to believe in Jesus? Lord's Day 11, page 876. Why is the Son of God called Jesus, meaning Savior? Because he saves us from our sins and because salvation is not to be sought or found in anyone else. Do those who look for their salvation and security in saints, in themselves or elsewhere, really believe in the only Savior, Jesus? No. Although they boast of being his, by their actions they deny the only Savior, Jesus. Either Jesus is not a perfect Savior, or those who in true faith accept the Savior have in him all they need for their salvation. Now let's turn in our Bibles to John 3, and we'll read John 3, verses 14 through 18, famous passage, and for good reason, John 3, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus. New life through the Holy Spirit in Christ. Page 1055, we'll start to read at verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. This is God's word, and may he bless us by it and give us faith and strengthen that faith. Brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, what does it mean to believe in God? It means to believe not in God as you conceive him to be, but to believe in God as he has revealed himself in the Bible. 
Not your own version, but God's version of God. The triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the bedrock of our faith. And all other scriptural truth is built on that. And you say, well, the, what does God want us, how does God want us to believe in him? Does he want us first to believe in him as Father? Or does he want us first to believe in Jesus? Or does he want us first to believe in the Holy Spirit? Which comes first? And the answer is all three. But there is an order. The Holy Spirit shines the light on Jesus. To believe in Jesus. Tells us to believe in him. When we believe in Jesus, he takes us to the Father. We've been talking what it, about what it means to believe in God the Father. When we trust that God is our Father through Christ, that the creator of heaven and earth and everything in them, the controller of the universe is, is my dad. He's got all power and all love. That that puts me in a perfectly safe spot. If God is for us, who can be against us? The only way that this God can become my father and my safety is through Christ, his son. So I must believe in Jesus. And so we're looking now at the second aspect of this bedrock of true faith. What does it mean to believe in Jesus? What does it mean to believe in God's son? And that's the simple question for us this afternoon. Do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, I know you grow up with him. But do you rest in him for your salvation? Do you know that he's your only way to God? And do you give your whole life to him for your salvation and security? And who is this Jesus? How do we know? He's here. We know him through the Bible. Do you believe in Jesus? Believing in Jesus means believing in only Jesus. And secondly, believing in Jesus alone. And thirdly, believing the actual Jesus. Not one of your own invention. Believing in only Jesus. He's the only way. Believing in Jesus alone. He's the whole way. Don't add anything to him. And believing the actual Jesus, the real one. Not your own version or invention. Let's look first. True faith means you believe in Jesus only. As the way to God. Only Jesus saves. Jesus means Yeshua. Joshua or Jehoshua. Jehovah saves. Or Jehovah God is salvation. Jesus is God's salvation in his person and his work. Jesus is the way that God has provided for you and me and all sinners to get back to God from our lost estate. Jesus means Savior. Savior means rescuer. 
Rescuer means that you're taken from a situation of destruction, of death, and you're brought into a situation of peace and life. Just like Joshua is the one who brought the people out of the wilderness into the promised land, so Jesus is our New Testament Joshua who brings us out of our sin and misery to God, to heaven, to glory. Jesus is our bridge, God's bridge for us to take us from death to life, from God's wrath to God's love. He's the only way out of our wilderness of sin and guilt and despair and addiction and eternal punishment into the loving arms of God and the joy and glory of heaven. Jesus, the bridge. He's the bridge, yet, and he's the door. Yet he's more than that. He's also the one who comes over the bridge to get us, put us on his shoulders and take us over to God. So when we say he's the bridge, yes, plus. He's a real bridge. Not an imaginary one. He created in his own person and work, in his own life, the way back to God, by coming to us in our flesh and coming, entering into our sin and punishment. Uploading that all to himself, making it his own, being destroyed for us to lift us up out of it and bring us to God. He's a real bridge, not an imaginary one. And secondly, he's an unbreakable bridge. What he did in his suffering and death really paid the price, really took care of everything that separates us from God. And when Jesus said, it is finished, he meant those words. He did it all. Everything that is needed for you to go from your sin to God is found in him. He did it all. And when God raised his son from the dead, he was saying, the payment that Jesus made for sinners is perfect. There's no flaw in it. It was sufficient. Where sin is paid for, death can no longer hold the sun down. He will be raised. Jesus is a bridge that can never break. It can never creak. There are no rotten spots in it. It never needs repairs. It's eternally good. He is always safe. You need to go to him. The saddest thing is those who grow up in the covenant community. Jesus promises himself to them in their baptism. They grow up hearing about him. He's in the air all around them. He's in the words they recite in their catechism classes and in their memory verses from the Bible. But have you come to him personally as a sinner saying, I need to come to God. I need you to get me there. There's no other way. 
ask for that gift of faith and be sure that he will get you there. He's a real bridge. He's an unbreakable bridge and the only bridge that God has provided as the way back to himself. There is no other. He said to Nicodemus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. There's only one way from perishing to living. God sent his son. And then he adds in verse 17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The whole world is saved only through him. Again, some think Jesus is for Jewish people. Jesus is for Christians. Other people have other ways to God. No. There's only one way for the whole world to get to God, to get from perishing to living. And that's God's son. And then 18, 3 verse 18 clinches the point. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. He's the line between condemnation and no condemnation. There's no other way out of condemnation than through faith in Jesus Christ. And when you believe in him, there's now no condemnation for you in Christ Jesus. And that's why we confess in question and answer 29 with Acts 4 verse 12, salvation can be found in no one else. Only Jesus can save you from your sins. There's only one rescuer that takes you out of sin to God, out of punishment to glory. One rescuer, and that's Jesus. And why is there only one rescuer? Because God has only provided one, his son. Acts 4 verse 12, there's salvation in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to men whereby we must be saved. Under all heaven, there's no other name among men, among the human race, than this one. There's salvation in no one else. He's not one of many saviors. And brothers and sisters, since this is true, God is calling you and all men, all people, all nations to come to him. And since this is true, this gives to true believers a missionary zeal. If this is the only way a sinner can be saved, I will go to him. But I will also go to my neighbors to tell them to go to him. Charles Spurgeon put it bluntly, have you no wish for others to be saved? then you're not saved yourself. Be sure of that. You see, when we really believe in Jesus as God's only Savior, that means we ourselves personally rest in him, but also we know that he's the only way for everybody else around us, for our children and our neighbors, and that will give us a passion and a zeal 
And tell others what Jesus has done for us because we know there's only one way they're going to escape hell. There's only one way for them to enter into the embrace of God and that's through the knowledge of Jesus and he put me in your way. He put me in your life as the book of Christ for you. Oh, I know that our desire to tell others about Christ, we don't always carry that out very well. But is that, is that your desire? And then ask the Lord to help you carry out that desire in your everyday life. Nobody should ever walk away from us after knowing us for some time without knowing that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only Savior for all people, for me and for all my neighbors. But he's also the alone Savior. And there's a difference between saying only Jesus saves and Jesus saves alone. And that's what question and answer 30 are all about. Jesus said God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. By believing in Jesus, the world is saved. No one joins Jesus in this work as a partner. This is not a cooperative venture. We can put it this way. He's the only bridge to God. There's only one bridge between all the peoples of the world and God. And he's the whole bridge. He's the whole way. Nobody joins him in being the bridge between the sinner and God. Because whatever we would add to the bridge would wreck it. You understand that? If we would add any of our own materials, our own sand, our own concrete, our own good works to that bridge, that'll be the rotten spot that breaks and the bridge is no longer trustworthy. We don't need to add anything to the bridge, nor should we ever try or want to. That's like saying to Jesus, you are not good enough. Not quite. You got about 99%. I need to throw in my 1%. And then we're all good. The catechism puts it in absolute terms. Either we have faith in Jesus and accept him as a perfect savior who has everything we need for our salvation, or we don't really believe in him at all. Those are the two options. This is the doctrine of the perfection of Christ, the perfection of our Savior. He's the perfect and complete Savior. Nothing needs to be added to his work. Nothing can be added. He's the whole way, the whole way to God. No question and answer 30 is really addressing the Roman Catholic error. That God accepts you partly because of what Christ did for you, Christ's work for you, and partly because of your works done for Christ. It's like a cooperative venture. Now it's true, brothers and sisters, that a true believer loves to do good works for God. That's our new delight. We're saved from loving evil works to loving good works. 
That's our new passion. And our greatest grief is when we lack in good works, right? I want to do more. And when I do what I do, I want to do it better. I want to do it with less impurities in it. But those good works that we want to do for Jesus are not even 0.1% of why God accepts us and saves us. They don't contribute even 1% to our salvation. Jesus means Savior alone or the only Savior, but also the alone Savior all by himself. My good works do not contribute one grain of salt to why God loves me because Jesus is everything. And our salvation rests 100% in his doing and his dying. His doing all the good works that I haven't done. His dying for all my sins to pay for them. You see, some will pray to the Virgin Mary or to St. Joseph or St. Luke or some other saint hoping that some of their extra good works can come over to my account and, and, and help me get right with God. Mary would be horrified if she knew people were counting on her in addition to her son Jesus. She would say, I counted 100% on Jesus to cover my sins in the sight of God and make me right with God. You should too. Don't trust in me. Not even a little bit. Jesus stands alone as my salvation and nobody can add to him or needs to add to him. Now we can fall into the same trap of trying to contribute to this bridge or to what Jesus did. It kind of goes like this. Yes, I believe in Jesus, but I'm, am I really repenting enough for God to accept me? Yes, I believe in Jesus. But am I doing my devotions good enough for God to love me? Yes, I believe in Jesus. But am I living purely enough for God really to want me and take me in? Yes, I believe in Jesus. But am I witnessing diligently enough for God to accept me as his child? I mean, really... When I see all the imperfections and weaknesses in my life, can he really accept me? And we can fall into that trap of thinking that we need to contribute to the finished work of Christ in order for God to accept us. Now, brothers and sisters, a true believer does repent earnestly of sin and strives to live purely for God and desires to spend time with God every day in the word and in prayer and devotions, and wants to be a faithful witness to Christ at home and at work and at school, of course. I trust you want that too. But as soon as we start focusing on our own holiness as the reason God accepts us, or our own lack of holiness as the reason God will not accept us, 
then suddenly, suddenly we're wandering from our faith in Jesus. We're losing sight of Christ and his finished work, which alone saves believers, sinners who believe in him. And then, beloved, it's time to get back to the basics. What does it really mean to believe in Jesus, that he's my whole salvation? And here, listen, my works can't add to what he's done, and my imperfections and failures cannot subtract from what he's done for me. My works can't add to what he's done for me, and my failures can't subtract from what he's done for me. When I belong to Jesus, God always loves me the same. No matter how well I'm doing or even when I'm not doing so well. Now, when I'm not doing so well as a father, he may discipline me more. Sometimes when a person is doing, you might say, better in their holiness, God will discipline us and prune us to make us more holy. It's up to him. But that doesn't mean he loves us more or less or accepts us more or less. Isn't that wonderful? When you believe in Jesus, he accepts you and loves you the same as anybody else who believes in Jesus. No matter how well you're doing or how poorly you're doing. And we never have a reason to look down at the nose of another Christian and say, God loves me more than you because look at how well I'm doing compared to you. You're, well, too bad for you. And that's why the Puritan, Robert Murray Machane. You've probably heard the statement. He counseled believers who were struggling with sin. For every one look at yourself, take, take ten looks at Christ. This is what he wrote. For every one look at yourself, take ten looks at Christ. He is altogether lovely. Such infinite majesty and yet such meekness and grace and all for sinners, even the chief of sinners. Live much in the smiles of God. Bask in his beams. Feel his all-seeing eyes settled on you in love. And rest in his almighty arms. Let your soul be filled with a heart-ravishing sense of the sweetness and excellency of Christ and all that is in him. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you rest in him as your all in all and you can add nothing to it or subtract nothing from it, from him? Be confident. When you trust in Christ, he's your whole salvation all the time. And your full acceptance by God all the time. And believing in Jesus means thirdly, believing Actually, in Jesus. The actual, the real Jesus. Not the one that you might imagine him to be. I know in our democratic age, we think that we get to have a vote on who Jesus is. We think we have the right to choose whatever versions of Jesus fits my lifestyle and and my personality and my needs. This is who Jesus is for me, we say. Oh, really? But what if Jesus disagrees? What if he disagrees? Then who's right? 
he is. Will the real Jesus please stand up? Who is he? And that's why we need to go here. The actual Jesus is this one. The whole Bible, Genesis through Revelation, and four specifically designed portraits by the Holy Spirit, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that was Jesus' concern when speaking to his disciples. Remember one time he said, who do people say that I am? Well, Jesus, why are you worried about that? Well, because some people have the wrong Jesus. Well, the disciples said, some people think you're Jeremiah or John the Baptist or one of the prophets. But who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And you know what Jesus said? Peter, you have the right Jesus because you didn't come up with your own version, but the one my Father in heaven revealed to you. Jesus cares that we have the right Jesus. Our faith is in the right Jesus, the actual one, the real one. And that's why we need to keep studying the scriptures. Because whenever we read the Bible, Jesus keeps sharpening our focus on the real Christ and shaving off our wrong perceptions of him so that the more the word of Christ dwells in us, the stronger our faith in him is because we see him more clearly. Remember, we said last week, the danger of Andy Stanley's statement that the Christian faith does not rise or fall in whether the 66 books of the Bible are accurate or inerrant. It stands on a person, or faith stands on a person named Jesus of Nazareth. And that's bunk. Because who's Jesus of Nazareth? But the one who reveals himself inerrantly in the 66 books of the Bible. We don't divide what belongs together. Do you know who confesses to believe in Jesus? Vladimir Putin does. He says he believes in Jesus. Muslims say they believe in Jesus. Look at the Quran, a lot of references to Jesus. Oprah Winfrey, the self-help guru of America, she believes in Jesus. The Jehovah's Witnesses believe in Jesus too, their version of him. Mormons believe in Jesus. Do you know that even Adolf Hitler believed in Jesus? All his soldiers had God with us written on their belts. And Hitler, do you know, produced his own version of the Bible where Jesus is presented as an Aryan instead of a Jew. That's the Jesus he followed. Well, what good is it to believe in Jesus if you don't have the actual Jesus? And true faith isn't fooled by idols. Wants to know the real Jesus. And believes that the Bible is the only reliable guide, the only reliable source book for him. And studies the Bible carefully to be sure that we don't have the wrong one, that we have the truth about Jesus.
brothers and sisters, do you believe in Jesus? He's your only savior. He's your complete savior. And he's the real savior, the Jesus of the Bible. And he's altogether enough for you and for me and for our children and for our neighbor and for the worst terrorist. The only one for all and enough for all. And whoever trusts in him will not enter into condemnation. You will not enter into condemnation. You will not perish. You'll be accepted by God. You will have eternal life. And not all your good works can add to that and your failures cannot take away from that. Jesus is our Savior. Believe in him today. Believe in him every day. We never run out of our need for Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for sending your son. Thank you for revealing him to us in your word. We praise you for creating a door to bring sinners back to yourself, a bridge to rescue sinners from ourselves and our sin and take us back home to heaven. Thank you for coming to us in your son. Now we pray, give us the faith to rest in him and to rest in him entirely. And resting in him entirely, give us zeal to want to share him with our children and with the world. Thank you that there is a redeemer, one, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. We praise you for your wonderful gift. Amen.